Welcome to the Vigor Life Podcast, a source of inspiration, lessons, stories, skill sets, mindsets, and strategies to invigorate and expand all areas of your life. Let's go. What is going on back with the Vigor Life Podcast? And today, none other than the Queen of Men's Health. Yes, you heard it. You're like, what? The Queen of Men's Health? That doesn't make sense. Absolutely, it does. Uh, once you guys hear what we're going to dive into, you'll understand. Because if you don't know Ali Gilbert, you sure as hell will. And um, it was good to catch up with her. We were speaking in St. Louis, um, which was awesome. And every time I hear her talk about uh, what we're going to talk about today, which is men's health, diving deeper into it, like deep health, um, also hormones and everything attached to that, your brain's probably going to be blown. You might get a little triggered, which is good, which is good because you need it. Um, but I'm, I'm telling you, like, the, she is phenomenal. Ali, welcome to the show. Finally having you on. I love Dude, it. I know. I feel like I've known you forever. That's how our friendship rolls. This is very, this is very true. And uh, here's, here's the thing. Okay, so when you, f the first time I had you, uh, when I listened to you put on the presentation was actually in Orlando at the uh, Raise the Bar. And I was sitting there and I was like, oh, and it's, you know, and I'm a geek. So I, I dive into this stuff. And, but you, you, what you were talking about, I was like, it was, it was a little, like, I was not just sad. It was like, um, very concerning. How about yeah. that? Um, and, and just what was concerning is this is what I want to start with first. I want to dive into this kind of like, what is the situation right now? Um, you know, when it comes to men's health, when it comes to hormones and you, the thing that really stood out at me was like this picture of men 20 years ago, I think it was 20 or 30 or probably more. It was like in the 1980s. I think, I think the pick was from the 1980s. And then it was like, okay, here we are in 2010, 2020. And then like, this is the picture of how men are going to look like on average and by 2040. And I was like, ah! um, and it was like, oh shit. And so let's, like, what are the biggest, I would say, problems, the biggest obstacle, the big, biggest challenges that we're facing as men when it comes to our health? Whew, that's a loaded question. I know. I know. Hey, feel, <laughs> feel free to kind of eat the frog, you know, where, wherever you want to start. Um, so the slide that you're referring to, I, I, uh, I don't remember where I found that, but it shows like the physique of um, you know, like you said, guys in the eighties and then, you know, I'm 41. So like 40 years later, what guys look like now. And then as they're predicted in the year 2040, which is like the physique of a teenage girl. And yes. that can be what I guess you can consider triggering to some people, because we are in this age where men are more feminized than ever from a physiological standpoint. I'm not talking socially or or my it's not my opinion on how people want to gender identify it's more guys are being born with both male and female parts and less testosterone and this is because of our lifestyles in present day and how sedentary we are how much body fat people carry but also there's a chemical onslaught that is attacking both men and women from a hormonal perspective where things like plastics and um, fake estrogens that are in the environment through use of birth control that goes into the water, um, xenoestrogens that come from plastics like Tupperware. You know, all of us strength coaches would heat up stuff in Tupperware, and now you want to heat it up in glass and stainless steel. 
Like I used to so make fun of our mutual friend, Don Saladino, <laughs> back in like, I don't know, 2000, like whatever. He would carry around this glass water bottle. I'm like, you're such a dork. <laughs> and now it's like reality, you know, like that's what people should do. Um, and so he was kind of on it very early. But if if you have water sitting around in plastic and it's in the car and now it's summertime, most places like, you know, you're going to have that plastic melting into the water. You're going to have those fake estrogens and those bind to receptors in your body, tricking your body that it's full of hormones that it really doesn't have. And so for guys, what this means is that they have less exposure to testosterone early on so that developmentally they have more anxiety. They don't have like the male physical features that typically our generation grew up with. So it brings a host of different issues to it. And there's many directions that we can go. But those are really one of the bigger ones where what is going on with guys and testosterone? Well, low testosterone within itself is a risk from a health standpoint for men. And that chemical environmental war is part of the reason. So there's a couple of things I want to attack. There's actually, you you mentioned the book, which is, I got it right away that first time that we spoke, which is called Countdown. Yep. Um, and and I read through that, which was like, again, whoa, right? And it's, I highly recommend it. We'll, we'll put the link in the notes here. Um, and we'll probably come back to some of the things that the book talks about there as well. But I, I wanted to start with with those two, you, two things that you mentioned. I mean, one is the, you know, having lower testosterone, you know, what are all the things that affect? Because sometimes from the outside in, it's just like, ah, oh, machismo and muscles and blah. But I mean, that is a critical hormone for us. And it's, it's, it's attached to our health, right? Mm -hmm. So if you don't even look, and we'll dive into this too, because I'm pretty sure that few people that are either listening to this podcast or in general, don't want to have a certain look, right? And then like, I always say that kind of um, holy trinity, right? have the body composition, have the health and have the performance. To me, that's like what you should shoot for. I could care less if, you know, if you, if you are unhealthy, but you have great performance and you look like crap, right? Like you, right. you'd be like, no, I want to have those three. So how, you know, what are all the things that like lower testosterone, what are all the things that are happening in our lives because of that, right? That are uh, not just the looks and the performance part, but even like deeper health. So love that question. And you touched on the stigmatization, st stigma. I can't speak English sometimes, but um, it's the stigmatized way of testosterone where socially people look at like, oh, testosterone, like, like you said, machismo, or it's going to be, it's steroids, it's illegal, it's cheating and all these things. Whereas like women go on hormone replacement, nobody talks about that stuff. And it's literally the same thing. And when you talk about health, like you said, there are receptors in our brain and in men's brains, in the heart, in the muscle for testosterone. So it is neuroprotective mm. and cardioprotective. And a lot of people think it's the opposite. So they, they always will say, and doctors will say this, many GPs, oh, testosterone is going to cause heart attacks or, you know, it's going to cause cancer. So it, it's bad for you. And this comes from myths that have now been refuted. And there's tons of studies showing the benefit of optimal testosterone levels for guys to lower the risk of a cardiovascular event. 
to lower neurodegenerative disease. Like literally one of the first uh, symptoms of low T in guys is the the decline in their ability to think straight. Like brain Mm -hmm. fog is usually one of the biggest things. And most people will think, well, low T, that must mean my dick doesn't work. And that's what guys will associate it with only. But it's really like, that's like the, not the last, but that's like not the most priority. Yeah. 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 To men, that's priority. I understand. So, so here's, okay. So (laughs) it's up there. It's up there. (laughs) No pun intended. (laughs) So a couple of things too, though. Now, I know that even the markers and, you know, when I did uh, did labs uh, a while back, it's been a while. I'm actually doing them again now through Merrick, who you connected with me, which I'm which I'm loving with this collaboration. But it's, you know, that the standards have dropped so significantly. Right. So even if you if you go to a doctor and because because I definitely want to dive deep. I, I know that the audience and just in general, a lot of people are, are interested because when I when I talk to folks and I talk to clients. And there's so many questions about like, hey, like, should I get TRT? Like what, you know, uh, do I have low tests? Do I not have low tests? Like there's so many questions. And it's like, is it safe? And what if I want to have kids? And they, there's a hundred questions around it, right? But I think first things first is today what's considered like, you know, hey, you're fine, right? With with test levels is really different than what used to be considered like kind of that average slash optimal range. Um or should I say average range versus optimal range, right? But what's what, what do you see happening here? And like even just your recommendations around it, right? You wouldn't recommend like the current guidelines to a person that comes to you and says, Ali, I want to feel the best possible and not have brain fog and have sex drive and be able to, you know, have a good immune system and everything else associated with it. You wouldn't go like, oh, well, here's the recommended guidelines. Uh, let's just keep it, you know, in those ranges that probably would be the best bet. Like, I want to kind of hear your thoughts around this. Yeah, the the analogy, like, so the, the, the range for testosterone is so large. And it's yep. kind of like taking an Olympic athlete and comparing them to, like, your general population person in sprint time. So <laughs> if an Olympic athlete's sprint time is the same as, you know, Joe Smith down the street, then we would be telling this Olympic athlete, oh, you're normal. And obviously there's a huge difference between the two people, but nobody talks about that for testosterone. So for the, the range in testosterone, it's it used to start at 350 nanograms per yep. deciliter and go up to like 1200. Yep. That's a huge range in itself. Where does this range come from? It's an average of everyone in America whether you're sick, you're overweight, you're 80 years old, you're 20 years old. Like it's literally a range, right? So to say that somebody who takes care of themselves, trains three, four days a week, eats healthy, is in the same type of average category considered normal as somebody who is the complete opposite, maybe chain smokes, drinks alcohol, is very overweight. Obviously that's not fair. And to say, hey, Luca, I squat 250 or hey, Luca, I squat a thousand. Like there is a massive difference. So to be considered normal, it's really not that difficult to be normal range. Mm. This is based on our insurance and our amazing healthcare system in the United States. (laughs) So this is why going through insurance and going through a general practitioner who does not deal with optimal testosterone every day 
is not the way to go about this. You want to go through a company that deals with this every day, all day for people such as yourself and myself or our clients. So that's why I love Merrick. Merrick has their own ranges that are optimal ranges because people can have lower testosterone and they'll be told, yeah, your testosterone's low. Whereas if they were with a GP, they'd be told they're normal, regardless of the symptoms. And I've seen like, I have guys in their early thirties, even their twenties and their testosterone's like 260 and they're told, well, you're fine, you're normal. Because now it's been dropped. I, I, I'm pretty sure that when I last checked that it was dropped to like 170 is still a normal range. Is like the bottom. Maybe 186. Low, 186. Yes. Can you imagine? Yeah. So it's think like, about that. So you even mentioned the number. It used to be 350 was low, right? Now it's like 186. So, I mean, th- these, these are, uh, to me, I see a lot of trouble in anything where you go like, well, Stuff's getting shittier, so let's just drop the standards, right? I mean, I I I see an issue in that because I think it's a crappy way to live life to just go like, well, as things get worse, let's just lower standards rather than going like, what is what is good, what is great, and let's strive to improve to get to that, which is yeah. kind of what I mean, which is what I want to talk to you about today is like, how do we get there? And if you know, and I know we're taking one component because I want to definitely dive deeper into to these uh, topics, but staying on test right now. Um, you know, if somebody does, which by the way, I would recommend, like, if you're a guy and you're basically like, I'm not feeling the best, you should get it checked. And the reason you should get it checked is because it's kind of like somebody that comes to me and says, all right, Luca, look, I want to do this competition. And I, you know, my big goal is to like deadlift 500 pounds, right? Okay. So we're going to have to test to see where you're at and like, okay, look, you're at 150. Now that might be a little bit depressing, but at least we know where we're at and what we got to do to get there. Right. So I think that. Uh, we tend to do tests, but we don't look at our deep health, which is like things like markers of, you know, blood work on where we're deficient, what our hormones are like. So I would highly recommend that. But once you, you know, somebody's like, okay, like I am on a low and I want to improve it. How do you go about it? Because I know there's levels to this. And like, I, I definitely want to dive into later on, like, TRT, when to get it, like, what are your recommendations? What have you seen has been really successful? But where does it start, right? Because if you look at this kind of pyramid and go, okay, foundationally, what we're going to do first when, when we see somebody's uh, test levels low? Yeah, sure. Because it, it can be overwhelming. It can be confusing. And a lot of it, you know, has to do with someone's symptoms more so than what's on the piece of paper. And I okay. really want to highlight and encourage guys to not just chase numbers on the lab. So even though it's important, like you said, we need a baseline, we need to know where you're at so that we can compare it down the road, but also to know how deep in the hole somebody might be and maybe why you're not producing testosterone. So we have to figure out what type of low T it is, meaning testosterone, low T is a form of hypogonadism, meaning your gonads, your balls are just not producing testosterone. Why is that? Is it primary hypogonadism or is it secondary? Primary usually means that there is trauma to the testicles. So the balls have died. Why? Why are they dead? Why are they not producing it? That gets evaluated through luteinizing hormone. Is it elevated? You need to know that. That's why these types of markers are very important. Secondary hypogonadism would would be the more common one, especially in younger guys. 
Testosterone is produced by the brain talking to the ball saying, yo, guys, I'm sending the signal down. I need you to produce testosterone. What's up? Anything that interrupts that signal from the brain to the balls is going to impair your body's ability to produce testosterone. And that can be stress. That can be undereating, overtraining, not sleeping, all this stuff. So that would mean, mean that we have lower levels of LH. So there's secondary hypogonadism. So labs will determine which one you are. And then the path after that is usually developed through, okay, cool. We're dealing with this. We're going to go this way. And like I said, the majority of guys are dealing with secondary where it's usually a stress issue. So you and I handle the lifestyle, the training, the nutrition, the supplementation, everything outside of something medical. Because can you increase tests naturally? Absolutely. You have to handle all this lifestyle stuff, regardless if you want to go on TRT. Because if you're yep. not sleeping and you're eating like shit, that still has to be addressed. So, okay. Th this is one of the big things too, because I know that there's been so many clinics popping up where I think people will go like, oh, I need to fix this. And all I have to do is change that number. And it's like, no, listen, if you're not strength training, if you're not eating quality food and you're not managing stress in some ways and improving your sleep, that's going to be a problem. I mean, it, it's like, it's not going to, you might get a quick bump in feeling better, but it's not going to solve the deeper, I would say, issues. And so when you, okay, I, I want to kind of work backwards from here. What have you seen the best success with? So if you go, if you go and say, I've worked with, you know, XYZ amount of people. And of course, everybody's individual. So I want to, I want to always preface that because there's going to be differences. But if you are like, hey, this tends to have been a really good path for folks to really improve and fix per se, you know, not just their hormones, but again, their symptoms. Because I think that was very important for you to say, like, don't, and I'm, I'm with this all the time, right? Like, don't buy just so much into the numbers, right? Because um, I, you know, I've also had some test results, again, previously that were like, not the greatest, but I actually felt pretty damn good. I was strong. A lot of the things were good. Some things were not so good. But if you, if I just looked at that number and all of a sudden I was like catastrophizing, oh my God, like I'm fucked, like this is it, you know, that wouldn't be good either. So I think you have to go, you know, how is your sleep? How's your libido? How is your cognitive um, health? Like how are all these different things? And then go, okay, let's fill in the blanks and put these behaviors that improve your life into place. And yes, let's track also your test scores. But if you had to cluster it into, you know, I hate generalizing, yes, but like if you had to cluster and go like, here's the steps that we usually take that end up like resulting in a good result for the majority of people. What would you say that those were? Matching your nutrition to your training. And I did not hesitate when I said that because so many guys want mm. to be shredded. They want to be jacked and they want it at the same time. The problem with this is that they will crash their calories just like we women have been stereotyped to do. And then they keep the training level where it's at or increase it. That will lead them to feeling like awful. So it, it really is bringing their calories up to be able to perform in the gym, to build the muscle they want, to get the look that they want because they are just as guilty of lowering calories and increasing their output 
And then obviously something's got to give and your body's going to be under such stress that it's not mm. going to be like, oh, hey, let's procreate. This is a great time. It's going to be like, yeah, no, we need to stay alive right now. So we're not going to really let your dick work or your testosterone increase. Thanks. What a great point. This is so it's funny. Me and Joel Jameson, we, we talk about this uh, a lot and we're sharing it just for people to understand how your like your brain doesn't care about your six pack. It cares about survival. Right. So yeah. it allocates the most energy to these most important things. And but you know what? You make a great point that like I don't think most people think that that men also go like I want to get leaner and but I want to be jacked. But then they go, I'm going to cut calories and they cut them so drastically while they're going, I'm going to do cardio because that's going to burn the fat and I'm going to lift more because if I lift more, that's going to build the muscle versus thinking about like, yeah, but you're not giving the fuel and the building blocks to even be able to do that. And oh, by the way, you also work 14 hours a day. You're a CEO. uh, You have three (laughs) kids and that's going to be a problem. Um, And but it's 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 cool that that was the first thing that you brought up. So it's like, get, like fuel for what it is that you actually want to achieve and get clear on what that is. Like have an understanding of that. Because yeah. oh, I see very... it so often. That's why. And like, you know, you saw my talk in St. Louis. I literally put a quote from a client on a Twitter post because he was like, I want to be jacked, but stay lean, but stay vascular, but be more muscular. <laughs> And I'm like, this is like, like I said, okay, sure. This is like a menu that you're picking from and then I have to deliver. But a lot of guys don't talk about this stuff because they just don't. Like you you don't go, you know, with your boys and you're like, yo, man, like I wish I had like, you know, one more abs showing, but like I'm very self-conscious about how I feel and I feel skinny fat. Like they don't just talk about that. So they're internalizing all of this, thinking they're doing the right thing. And then all of a sudden, one day, it's just like, all right, I'm sub 2000 calories. I feel like shit. My dick doesn't work. I can't think straight. I can't perform for work. I can't show up for my family. I can't be the man that I thought I would be once I got more ripped. I am kind of more ripped, but I still feel soft. Like So then nothing improves. And it really can be demoralizing, but then they internalize that and they don't actually seek the solution for that. They just think, I'm going to do this on my own. I'm just going to work harder. I have to work harder. I'm being a bitch in the gym. If I just step up, then this is going to fix itself. And it doesn't. And that's where it's like a come to Jesus moment where they have no other choice but to eat more and actually train a little bit less for a period of time and then reassess what their priorities are because If you can't sleep because you have insomnia, because your body's so stressed out, your resting heart rate is like 82, your HRV is like 15, like you feel like shit, then we actually have to address all of that. Your body's not going to feel safe enough to produce the hormones that are going to make you feel more like a man. And I want to share, you know what, I want to share a story here because there's a number of times in my life where I've ran into the wall and I've always been like a... I'm going to work hard, train hard. Uh, you know, your first time was asleep, you know, and, and we'll touch on that too, because I was just working insane amounts, training a lot, yes. but not sleeping a lot. Right. And I started, I mean, results, forget about plateauing. Like I started feeling like I was losing muscle, but cognitive decline for sure. And then I actually, that was the, when I did uh, my blood work and test was shot. I was at like 220 
with 47 free floating. It was, it was bad. I mean, it was, it was not, not good whatsoever. And, and the doc that I talked to that I knew he was like, it's actually a miracle of how you're able to function at the level that you do with like this blood work. So that was my, my like click. So I spent the rest of that year fixing my sleep and actually bringing my training down some I got. So with basically changing almost nothing on the nutrition side of things, but lowering my training by probably 30% and sleeping more, I put on muscle. I was thinking better. I got leaner, like significantly leaner, right? And everything was better. Now, you know, fast forward to about six months ago where I was like, hey, I think that I might be training too much for everything that I have going on. And I've got a really good base. Let me go from four really hard strength training sessions per week to three with one kind of, I call it weak link training. It's like pump day, calves, Achilles, yeah. biceps, this, that, the other, so on and so forth. And that switch up, which was just like, bring down the volume and intensity some. Again, six months, some of the best gains, work training less, okay? And I, and I say this um, because at the time also when, uh, by the way, when, when I was uh, struggling with the sleep is also uh, because I was working so much, I was under eating mostly because I'm a very like go, go, go guys coaching, you know, 12 hours a day and in business, this, that, the other. So doing less and eating more and having more sleep was, would supercharge my results. And I'm, I'm, I'm not exaggerating this, right? So if you've been training and running into walls, because, you know, if you're a type or just in general, if you're like, oh, my God, I got to I got to do more. You might be like digging a deeper hole for yourself. And again, I'm I, I wanted to share these stories because, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a coach. This is what I've done for 20 years. And I help people. And sometimes we're our own worst enemies, you know, and you need things like another coach, a lab, you know, some reality check, some awareness to go like, listen, this is not working. Let's try something different. And, you know. Once my science brain turns on, I was like, okay, yeah, this is dumb. Like you coach people on this, but you're doing it yourself and, and bam. And so I, I wanted to piggyback on what you said and how important it is, because at the end of the day, like you, you, the stimulus that you put in, you, you have to have an, an amount of recovery time. And again, recovery is, is sleep, is nutrition, is stress management, is volume and loads of, of, of training so that you can recover and adapt from it and get the thing that you want. So, you know, and I share my own story because again, even though this is what I do for a living and, and I'm, I feel I'm really, really good at it, I still fuck up. Um, so, so as a guy, it's like, what's the big thing? It's like being able to go and talk to somebody, ask for help, you know, have a path and a plan. I think that's such a big one because it, again, if you're like, well, how's this working for you? And it's not, you got to figure out a path and a plan that's right for you, right? So this leads me to um, one, I mean, we know the importance of sleep. Let's, let's talk about that at, at least a little bit. And, and then I wanted to go into when do you feel is a time that, you know, somebody could be like, hey, I think that maybe testosterone replacement therapy is for me. Um, but let, let's, let's, let's piggyback to, to I, I want to I riff on sleep. I've done a number of podcast episodes with other people and also just myself going on and sleep because it's that important. But is, I wanted to see like when your clients come to you, is that a thing that you almost always have to work on? Oh, yeah. I mean, 
you know, I work with a lot of guys who are type A CEO. Like when I trained in person back in Connecticut, I was working with tons of Wall Street guys. They literally thought they were heroic for working more, not sleeping, being able to go golf and train all in the same day. And I'm like, cool story, bro, but you're about to die. Look at your labs. Like literally that was the reality check that, that they needed because they would walk off a red eye and come to the gym and be like ready to go. And I'm like, no. And and like literally I've had guys where they'd, they'd come to the gym for their session and I'd be waiting for them and it'd be like 10 after and I'd text them like, yo, where are you at? They fell asleep in the locker room putting their shoes on because they were so yeah. tired from coming from a red eye. And I was like, all right, you know what? We're not training today, go home. I'm still charging you. So this is like <laughs> a lesson for them. Like they they literally didn't understand it because obviously it's ingrained in them and conditioned to be a warrior through this, push through it, grind harder, blah, blah, blah. Like that was how, you know, the whole stereotypical person who would work really hard was like, you know, if you work more then that means you're more successful. And now it's not as cool to be that person. That's like, yeah, I only slept four hours and I was able to produce blah, blah, blah. Like how many working hours during the day are you actually productive? I think that's the first thing somebody needs to ask themselves. So if you're a trader or you're somebody who's working international and you have time zones and stuff like that, obviously you have to be present for certain periods of time. But literally when it comes to being productive and being busy, you have to ask what is what. There's only so many hours that we can really be on and focused and give 100% attention to making more money and being actually productive. Wouldn't you say like personally, I know I can't last all freaking day on a computer and actually be productive. Like there has to be some downtime and breaks there. I mean, this, this was and continues to be one of the biggest lessons for me because I come from, you know, socialism, work ethic, blue collar. And like at the beginning, you know, even again, when I, when I was telling the story about my sleep, it's not like, it was almost like it's what I knew, you know, well, if I work more and I think there's a period of time in your life where that's part of the path. Like you work really, really hard, right. To get ahead. And I think that that's gotta be part of it. Oh yeah. But, but it's like, it, you know, as cliche as this sounds is the work, you know, work hard and work smart. And if you work smart, you start realizing what's happened now is that I start realizing what exactly what you said. I analyze and I go like, oh, I did two hours of stuff, but like that didn't really do shit. You know, yes. by the way, I know somebody that could do that in 15 minutes and enjoy doing it. While for me, it was torture for two, right? So again, and then also it's like, oh, I slipped up and all of a sudden I went down the Twitter rabbit hole, right? Like for, you know, 45 minutes, unproductive. So it, that's, I think that's what it becomes the bigger issue is, that it's an ego thing, an identity thing. I know it was for me and I'm still kind of like uh, shedding that, that like you have this, like I worked a 16 hour day for 10 years straight, which I, I, I have, like, you know, I did. And letting go of that, I mean, like, wouldn't it be great if in eight to 10 hours you could do double or triple the amount of work, you know, than you did in the 16. And that, you know, that's when it started being like, yeah, actually, that's fucking way better. Uh, um, and I'd spend more hours with my girl, my dog, and like, be able to do whatever, whatever, right? Like, so that's the phase. And I think you continue to awareness precedes change. So you gotta, you gotta first get to a point where you're like, oh, shit, I'm being busy, not productive. Wow, I'm wasting a lot of time. And then make a commitment and go like, I'm going to change that. So it, I, I, yes, 100%. And 
the reason why I share my stories is because I think many times it's easy to go if you, you know, think somebody's a coach or you look up to them or like, hey, we have our shows and podcasts and whatever that like we do all the stuff that we talk about. I'm here to tell you that like all the stories of my fuck ups and the things that how I learned these things that also Ali's mentioning that we've gone through them. And hopefully what you do is you learn and you apply and you just continue to get better. So one hundred percent, like you got all this time in a day. What if you could just improve productivity? You'd actually do more in less time. Uh, it's a skill set, so you got you, you got to practice it. It's definitely it's work, hard. but it's but it's worth it because it connects to the sleep. And like now these days, I'm like I get eight hours, and if I yeah. don't, I mean, there's sometimes that I'll do like the long, you know, got to finish a project, but more or less, I sleep a lot. And and the thing is, because I sleep a good chunk my brain works so much better in the hours that I do work uh, that I get way more done or, or again, I'm sharper. So I get better ideas. I'm able to have better meetings, be more clear. Uh, so I think, you know, again, it's not, it's the same thing as like, a sh as, as our friend Jay Ferruja would say, schlock workout or fucking schlock reps. <laughs> right? Like, Oh, I did two hours of, you know, and it's like two hours of schlock reps. That's not going to, give you the same results as an hour dialed in training session where you push the shit out of it. You have great form, you challenge yourself, right? And then you're like, well, yeah, but I've been, you know, I've been training for two hours. Well, I, I will always use a, a love basketball analogies. I'll see kids in the gym fucking around for hours, right? And I'm like, man, if you did an hour training session with intensity, like really zoned in intentional, every rep, every set, every that hour is going to be so much better than the three hours of just messing around lower intensity. You haven't even practiced what you're going to do in a game. And it's, I think it's the same thing in life. And, and I think it's what allows people to excel and get more done while having better health, better sleep, better hormones and everything else. Stop in here for a second because I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Vergaro. And check this out. So last year I went to speak at Iconic 22, which is an event that Vergaro puts on. Didn't quite know anything about them. Absolutely fell in love with the way that I was treated. And I was like, man, if they treat me like this, how are they treating their clients? So I started digging into their company, their software, and I was absolutely blown away to a degree that I started recommending it. We're starting to use it and it's on a whole nother level. So it's the leading in booking and management app for any size business, whether you're a solopreneur, you own a single gym or you own multiple gym locations, right? And again, they're also a new partner of the Vigor Life Podcast. We're gonna keep bringing you more insight and knowledge to help you reach your business goals, both physically and fiscally, right? So keep tuning in, tell a friend, and if you wanna check them out and get a free month of their software, trust me, it's the best I've seen around. Check out their website, vagaro.com forward slash pro. Again, check out their website, vagaro.com forward slash pro and you can get a free month and i'm telling you this is going to be the best management system you've ever used crm you've ever used billing system you ever used yeah we uh that was more than my two cents by the way but <laughs> <laughs> no i love it i love that you share that because i think people think we have it nailed i definitely don't have it nailed i mean you know i'm working with bedros this year has been like the literally the biggest business change year of my life where i feel i have to change everything within like five seconds like oh my god <laughs> you know my entire life to implement this and this and this and I, it's just it's so overwhelming i've actually had to learn how to say no which is very hard because mm -hmm. I want to help everybody. And I want to say yes to, to whoever, oh, you're APM because you live in China? No problem. Like, 
No, I have to say <laughs> there's a hard cut off of what I'm willing and, and, you know, willing to do and what's going to affect my health. That I, I just can't take things or do computer stuff really past 7 p.m. Because I noticed for me that it will, it'll affect my sleep. Mm. I just can't do it. And Tuesday nights, I do a group Zoom at 7.30. And I, I literally am like awake until like 11 because I'm so stimulated. And I'm sacrificing for my people. But like, we have to say no for stuff if that's going to be like a continuous thing. And I've been working like weekends and everything like, and I don't think it's cool. And I don't post that I'm like working seven days a week and like, you know, doing all this, like I'm going through a transition phase. So what did I have to do? I had to prioritize. I'm supposed to be bulking right now. There's no way in hell I can prioritize <laughs> meals for as much as my coach wants me to eat and to train the way I need to train to actually create that stimulus. Something's got to give. Guess what? I'm not going to gain five kilos. I have to be okay with that. I have to focus on getting my business where I need it to be for now. And then we can make other priorities. But I think that's important too, is learning how to say no to things in the short term. So that long term, you do have the ability to do all the things that you want mm. and that you're not being pulled in 15 different directions, which I think a lot of guys feel, and then they feel isolated because they're like, well, every other entrepreneur is doing, you know, the 14 hour days and they're grinding. So they must not be, you know, sacrificing their health because you guys don't talk about it. And then come to find out you're all in the same situation. And that's where all these masterminds and like Jay's coaching program and working with B and all of that, we all come together and we feel like, oh, I feel seen. I feel understood because everyone's going through the same shit. I don't know anyone who has it like nailed down to where they've perfected it and they have the most perfect sleep ever. I'm sorry. I don't know anybody like that. No, I, you know what? This is, these are really, really good points. And, and, and this is why I said, hey, I love that I'm going to have a conversation with you because it's no bullshit. And it's, it's again, it's the stuff that people don't talk about, right? It's very easy to go on social and go like, oh man, this guy's talking about that. So he's got it completely dialed in. And it's like, nope. You know, but what it is, is just constantly getting better. And I, I, I love that you made that point. When you're changing, I mean, this has been my year of like, I mean, starting new businesses and, you know, new partnerships and like just changes in the gym and just so much, you know, so much. I mean, just the thought of it is overwhelming, right? Yeah. And then I'm like, I got to get my training in, right? Like, but so you have to manage that and go like, okay, I got to be realistic about what I can truly do without the bathtub spilling, you know, and I've always loved this analogy of, Think of a path that with water and you got like a lot of pipes. One is a relationship. One is your training. One is your sleep. One is your work. One is this. One is that. And if there's too much stress slash water going in and it can't flow out fast enough, fast enough is like, that's your recovery, right? And then it's going to overspill and overspills when you have like fucking panic attacks, anxiety, your test drops, you go, go to shit, you, you know, lose your mind, you put on weight, you do all these different things. And you got to be able to go like, I'm going to turn this tap down a little bit right here, right? And I'm, I'm not going to turn it off, but I'm going to turn it down a little bit. I'm going to turn this one down. Oh, I'm going to make that little hole where the water goes out a little bigger. So I'm going to see a massage therapist. I'm going to go to Banya and do my Russian bathhouse and whatever, right? Like, But that's managing stress and managing your life and being able to zoom out and plan. And I think that's why one of the reasons we've, you know, we do our own coaching at high level we're also parts of masterminds and I would say groups where 
very high level people are at because it makes you stop and look at your life and look at your training and look at everything that I guess falls into these buckets and go like, I got to be real. And then somebody and somebody that you respect goes like, fuck are you doing right here? <laughs> you know <what> I mean? like, <laughs> yeah. And then asks you the question, like, does that make sense? And you're like, fuck, no, it doesn't. Right. Like it creates awareness. And I, I, I feel that there's a lot of reasons why we need those things in our lives, like coaching and, and masterminds and groups of people that we either respect, aspire, or our peers that are pushing to a high level together. And that is why, and, and I love that you bring that point up because you're like, hey, I realize here's what I'm doing. Like, I'm not going to be fucking putting on, like, be able to do this as well. Let me maintain. I can maintain, but I can't, I can't push right now in this. And that's okay. And you find acceptance and you can let go of the stress of that and then push in another area that's the priority right now. So that's, you know, and it's funny because initially you think about something like this and go like, you know what, guys, just tell me about the fucking test results and like what subs I need to take. It's like, no, don't you got to understand this is the big picture. It's all of these things that are affecting your life and your hormones and your health and it's stuff that, you know, you got to think about. So see, I love that we, we veered off right there. No, it's uh, just to add one more thing. Like this past weekend, I was filming uh, my exercise library at MI40 in Tampa, which has tons of competitors at it. And so Shout there's out to a, um, what's that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so that gym is like, I mean, I, I literally could, I stayed in there all day. I was there six hours. Don't recommend training for six hours. I felt like shit, but anyway. So there's all these competitors and there's one of the women's physique competitors. I think she was top five at the Olympia. She's training next to me. And I'm like, man, I feel so small. I feel so soft. Like, and I was just in awe and I was probably creepily looking at her, but I'm just like, oh, and it got me motivated to like go eat and just train hard. And then, and then I started thinking, well, what if I actually just put the focus on training and eating like I was supposed to? And then I had to real like sit back and realize this is her life. Like that is what she focuses on 90% of the time. Like that is her dedication. We can't look like that right now. That's okay, Allie. You can still <laughs> admire that. Maybe one day, I don't know. But it literally, I had to check myself because I was like, your life right now is what you're here to do. Film this, build the business, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, I think sometimes we have to really like say, all right, are our priorities in check? Because just because you hit pay now to hire a coach does not mean all your results and dreams will be mm -hmm. delivered to you right then and there when yep. you want them in the timeline that you want them. Sometimes it's going to be longer. Actually, you know what? All the time, it's going to be longer. All the time is going to be longer. Yeah. Confirmed. 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 Exactly. Because yes. it happens to us and this is what we do for a living. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I would even say like Berardi was the uh, one of the big things. He said, look, you're, you're going to overestimate what you can do in the short term and you're going to drastically underestimate what you can do in the long term. And that sticks with me forever because I really try to set um, like these becoming goals, which is like, you know what, this is really important. I, I mean, if I can make it happen in six months, great. But if it takes two years, that's fine too. I'm going to yep. keep working. Right. And I, I think these are, your mindset is a huge part of this. I really, really think, you know, it's, it's underlooked. I just had uh, Brian Kane on, who's one of the top mental performance coaches, but it's, it's funny because I got a lot of uh, feedback and I'm like, you got you know, you got to, you, you got the physical weightlifting, you got the mental weightlifting. And I always repeat, like, you got to make sure you work on the mental weightlifting. And I think even going to work on the emotional weightlifting. So 
And that's going to help you with, I would say, the stress, life, hormones, everything else. Now, which again is an alley-oop to this part that I that I wanted to to touch on, which is at what point in time, you know, do you, and by the way, this, I, I know, and I'm pretty sure I heard this from you. Maybe the number is higher. I think it's somewhere in the 20 plus percent range of men in America that need TRT regardless of lifestyle changes or anything else. But, you know, what is the time where you go like, you know what, this might be a thing that would really benefit me, right? At what point in time do you kind of say that might be the thing? What, what are some things to look for? So th- that's a great question because that get, a- gets asked all the time. And I don't think that there's there's no like list that yeah. if you check all these off, that means mm-hmm. you're a candidate for TRT because some guys, they want to do absolutely everything everything they can from a quote natural standpoint to maybe optimize themselves, which I encourage highly. There's also some people that maybe they need testosterone to pull them out of the hole that they're in to get them to motivate to go to the gym in sunlight and something like that. So can I I interrupt you on that? Because I think this is really important, by the way. Right. Uh, I I, I love this. And I'm not even going to go in. We're going to talk about body fat and obesity and all all those things. But like, I think this was an important one. Right. Because it can be judged. And actually, probably, you know, 10 years ago, I might have been a person judging that. Um, but you actually may need that so that you can get the, uh, you said motivation, but it's true because it low test equals motivation, you know, and then you have folks that go like, it's just discipline. And I'm like, man, when you're in a hole, it's, it's, it, it can be very, very hard to get out of the hole. So it may be a thing that gets that momentum going and actually helps you instill the discipline and the self-esteem and the behaviors to do that. So like, can you just touch on that a little bit? Cause I think that's, that's a very important part because it's very easy in his guys to judge that. Oh, he's being a, you know, he's, he's just being a weak minded person. He needs that to like get going. Um, but mm-hmm. it's not as simple as that. So I, I, that's why I want to shine a light on that one right there. Well, th- this goes back to recognizing testosterone as not just a physical trait producing yes. hormone that, Literally, this can provide the the motivation and drive for a man because without it, this the symptoms are very similar to depression. And so mm-hmm. it's it's like, all right, what do guys when they come out of the military need the most? They don't need, you know, the SSRI and Adderall starter pack with Ambien. They most likely need hormones because they've been exposed to things that are interrupting that signal from the brain to the testicles. So that's going to take care of a lot of the depressed sim- symptoms and stuff like that. So that being said, somebody who is very overweight, and I like to say, all right, if they're over 20% body fat or so, then obviously their body's suppressing testosterone because it's an inflammatory state. It's very unhealthy. So now we're adding a hormone to a body that doesn't want it. That will be, I don't want to say dangerous, but that's not going to be received as well to your body unless you're doing something actively to take care of that. So if a guy knows that, hey, this is going to give you kind of that boost to get up off the couch, get in the gym and help you with insulin resistance and all of that stuff. Cool. If they see it as the panacea and they don't have to go to the gym and they don't have to change their lifestyle, then it can become a problem. So understanding it's not 
you know, be all end all, it's not going to fix all the issues, but yes, it could actually help. Then it's very dramatic when the guy starts feeling better and operating better, because like I said, it's very neuroprotective. It's going to help them think straight again. It's going to make them happy, going to make them show up like the man that they want to be and to be a leader. Every man wants to be able to lead and to be able to provide and be able to show up how he should and feels he should and have the confidence to do that. Testosterone can help build upon that as long as he's changing his behaviors and all of that. And you know what? I have an example. I love examples, obviously, but like as a buddy of mine, I used to, a good friend, trained with me for a while, left, uh, but we kept doing jujitsu together. Very fit dude, always been, you know, always been like a eye exercise guy, um, has a number of adopted kids, like phenomenal guy, wow. man, right? Got an autoimmune disease that kicked it, you know, just kicked in and whooped his ass and dropped his test. And he did all the stuff, right? He was like, okay, I'm going to get my exercise, nutrition, get my sleep on. And it, bar- I mean, it, it, it budged a little bit, but he felt like shit. And what, what happened is that he legitimately was like, I am, I feel exactly that. It was like partially depressed, but it's like, he couldn't really play with the kids as much. Like, you know, stop, cut down his jujitsu. Cause he was uh, actually doing um, an instructor for one of my other friends that runs a jujitsu academy, like cut down the classes that he was teaching. I mean, it affected his life in a dramatic way. And he was, you know, initially like, I gotta do all the things that I can naturally. And I mean, after months and months and months and months, he just ended up going like, all right, let me go on TRT, bumped him up. And he went from, I think he was, he, he went from like 150, 160, naturally got up to about 220 still felt like crap 230 and then went up to 800 and he was like man it changed my life changed my life sleeping every, i mean it just obviously because of the chemical response like how his chemicals inside of his body were allowing him obviously even to feel a certain way it was a game changer so that's a great example of um you know somebody that i thought of that was like did all the right things yeah. But it was like, that was the best choice for him. And, you know, if you ask him to this day, he'll be like, oh man, it was a game changer. Um, so I think I'm glad that we brought that up because there is, again, like you said, you can't just look at the numbers, right? There's a number of things you got to look at. And sometimes it's the best choice to make somebody get motivated to get going, but sometimes it's not. And you brought up another thing. And this was the thing I wanted to talk about today is the body fat percentage, obesity being over overweight in Starting off with how that affects, you know, specifically testosterone, but just in general, you know, men's health. Um, and you mentioned something that was that was interesting, which was it may not be, you know, when you have high body fat percentage, it may not be the best choice to initially add the hormones. Could you talk a little bit more about those two points that I just brought up right there? Yeah. So it it's one of these. Um... There's this social movement now where we're we're being more accepting of people who are bigger. Fine. I, I can't get on board with accepting that somebody who has a, a lot of body fat is healthy. Correct. It, yeah. Body fat is the most inflammatory tissue. So please, somebody convince me how having more of that is okay. So especially in men, like visceral fat becomes a problem. And that's the the body fat surrounding the organs. Mm-hmm. So that's a major issue that if you've got body fat there that we can't get rid of, then we've got, we're going to have other problems. So the inflammation caused by body fat, if you add something into that tissue, 
that your body's trying to protect you from. So there's a there's a protective mechanism there. And if we think of things like insulin resistance, where we can't tolerate carbohydrates and you know people become pre-diabetic, it's not necessarily a condition so much as your body's doing that as a protective mechanism, similar to a muscle becoming tight. Why is it all of a sudden tight? Like it's protecting, it's your protecting brain. So, so that's a protective mechanism against what is occurring within the body. So it's going to suppress testosterone production because the body's not healthy for it. A healthy body is going to respond. A healthy body is a responsive body. Same with somebody who wants to drop body fat or gain muscle. You're not going to do that when you're sick. You're not going to do that when your body's just inflamed and all of this stuff. So if we add exogenously a hormone that your body's like, nah, I'm good. You may experience weird side effects, like maybe just random more water retention or moodiness or things that are usually associated with estrogen. But it's also because your body's like creating this cytokine shitstorm because it's like, yo, I don't want this hormone right now. So for for the approach for you and I with clients, we get them healthy and resilient so that none of that happens. Because what happens if you put a hormone in a guy where he has side effects? He's going to say testosterone's not for me. It yes. doesn't work. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. They're going to be turned off right from the get-go. So getting somebody in a resilient, healthy position so that testosterone works better for them is better. They're going to be better off and they probably need less of it as well. So if you're a larger person because you have a lot of body fat, you might need a larger dose of testosterone. Minimal effective dose is always going to be the way to go for everything. We're literally trying to replace what your body is not producing on its own. That is literally the definition of testosterone replacement therapy mm-hmm. is replacing what you should already be biologically producing. We were not set up biologically to be over fat or obese or have beyond 20, 25% body fat. So getting guys to live in the 15% range may seem like psychotic, but literally Having visible abs, I'm not saying has to be a six pack or an eight pack, Mm -hmm. just visibility is going to carry you a lot farther in terms of your health and everything else is going to come along with it because testosterone is not the only hormone in a man's body. You have your thyroid hormone, you have estrogen, which men need as well. You've got other things going on where testosterone is not the only thing, but it's going to be a big part of who that, that, how that guy operates. So taking care of health from the entire perspective is going to help everything just come together a lot better. So that's, that's my spiel all that. really, really good points. And I'm glad because I bring testosterone up because I know it's like a, a, a trigger ping word. And it's, I, I think it's important that you said it too, because there's a lot of things that matter. Um, right. And it's going to be associated, not just with tests, it's going to be other things that, that are going to be associated with it. But we can we can improve all of those things if we get healthier, and I'm glad, look, this is the thing, right? There's a big difference between judging somebody based on, right? Health, this, that, the other. For me, the, the always the, the question that I ask anybody is like, you know, do you want to, like, what is the goal that you want? Is one of the goals that you want to be healthy? Pretty much every person is going to say yes, right? Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> and, <laughs> as soon as, and as soon as that kicks into place, you have to be like, the truth is, if you are, you know, obese and your body fat percentage is at a certain level, like 
you are jeopardizing your health. And this is not like opinionated. This is, you know, we can right. go into studies up on studies up on studies and of so many of the current diseases that we're facing with that lead to, you know, death are associated with that. So it's, it's not something, you know, to be taken lightly. And I think it's more like, Hey, let's, if let's get you healthier, if we want to get you healthier, let's get you into certain ranges that are healthy. Right. Um, and I know there's folks that will sometimes argue like, well, you can be healthy with higher body fat percentages. Eh, you know, yeah. What are are we like basing this off of? Is it like, you know, general lab work or is it like all the data in the world? I mean, I think that what it comes back to, though, I I believe is like, what are we creating as a standard? Right. And it it comes back to the same issue that we said earlier is like we low because the average years are getting worse. And so let's lower the standards so that people can stay within averages. I think it's not a good approach for schools. I don't think it's a good approach for tests. I don't think it's a good approach for body fat. I think that it, as individuals and as a country, if we can raise standards, right, and then support whatever needs to happen so that we can achieve those standards, it makes for a better community and society and everything else. And so I, I, that's my same mindset around this. Um, you know, if somebody wants to get pissed at me because I want to raise the standards and then achieve those standards as, as a community and society, well, you know, <laughs> We might have a problem. We might it, have a it problem. It happens. People, hey, everyone came at me. I wrote an article for T Nation on my approach where getting guys to towards 15% body fat is going to be better off for them. And at, like a lot of people came after me th- saying like, oh, so in order to qualify for TRT, I have to be 15%. And I was like, okay, if you actually read it, which nobody does, I did not say that. I was just saying from a health perspective. Show me somebody when they get more lean, they they get more jacked. Do they not operate better in their life, in their business? Do they not make more money? Do they not feel better, more confident? Like if I'm obnoxious saying this and it triggers you, think about why it triggers you. True. Yeah. No, and, and it's again, it starts with awareness. I mean, I can tell you like, I, you know, what are some things that annoy me, right? Like I'll read a book sometimes. Uh, there's a business book, by the way, I've mentioned it before. It's called The Road Less Stupid by Keith J. Cunningham. I yeah. think it's one of the top three to five business books, period, right? And I actually sometimes get anxiety because I reread the book, right? And I get a little bit of anxiety rereading the book because I he has a lot of questions in there. And so yeah. when I'm reading it, I'm like, fuck this guy, you know? But 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 the thing is, because why? It's bringing up things that I am not working on or need to improve. And of course, that's challenging. It's challenging to face things that you're not good at. I'm, I'm going through it in, you know, certain businesses right now where it's like, man, I need to address certain things that I, I need to raise the standard. We just talked about, we, I need to raise the standard and it's going to be, there's going to be some resistance and there's going to be some crucial conversations. There's going to be some hard things that are going to have to happen, but you know what? It's the right thing to do and it's going to make things better down the road. And we're going to, we're going to face it and battle, you know, with whatever needs, needs facing. But that's the point. You should always ask yourself when you get triggered, right? Yeah. Why am I being triggered? What, what's triggering about this? And um, I know this is a little like psychology, but I, I, I really think that it can be opportunities, right? Triggers can be opportunities for growth. If you don't start pointing fingers to me, it's like wherever you point the finger, that's where the power goes, Right. Fucking Ali is saying that bad. You know, it's like, okay, you're now you're giving her the power. Okay. Yeah. And Lucas said that. Okay. Point it back to yourself. Like, hey, what am I hearing? 
What what is an opportunity for me here? Why am I being triggered and stressed out about this? And then you can you can actually solve something and improve yourself. So I I think that's a big one um, on on that part. Which I mean, man, we could we could go down rabbit holes here. I know. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. Oh, uh, but what you know what? Because of the this is actually a, um, another buddy of mine this past week that talked to me it asked me that question. You know, and he was like. You know, should I get TRT? I'm like, I don't know. Like, you, I mean, you gotta, you gotta start with a lot of assessment first. But it, because well, the thing was that he said, hey, down the street from me, like, there's a clinic. So that's kind of what spurred it. He was thinking about it. But there's a lot of, you know, as always, as something the industry grows in a certain area, something becomes more prevalent. Boom, business. And what are some of the, I would say, red flags that you see with, you know, um. DRT clinics and just prescriptions. I mean, we've talked about it personally, you know, what some things are. I've heard it from different people that went and got prescribed and short-term was good, long-term was not good. Then they were kind of in a clusterfuck going like, I don't know if this is for me, right? But really it it just wasn't the right approach and it wasn't the right people um, prescribing it. So like, I want to magnify that a little bit and hear from you. What are some things that you're seeing as a problem uh, with some of these clinics and just in general with prescription? Yeah. Well, when COVID hit, like telemedicine exploded. And so the laws on telemedicine used to be that you had to see a physician in person at least once a year, but you could be prescribed online. Those laws got relaxed. So now all these clinics were able to prescribe to anybody in any state. And it was like the wild west. I live in Florida now. There's clinics behind the gas stations. There's like literally clinics everywhere. You could walk in and get like a script for like D-ball. Obviously, this is not in every state. So (laughs) it does differ by state, but there are definitely consistent red flags where if they send you out the door with multiple things that you're not sure what it's for, that's the starter pack that I call the TRT starter pack is testosterone, which is 200 milligrams once a week, which is an antiquated protocol, plus something to stimulate production in the testicles, whether it's clomid, clomiphene, HCG, gonadorelin. These are all things that are, are sold to somebody that they're told you need this, as well as some sort of peptide no one ever knows what the fuck they're taking because these guys are like, so I was prescribed, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what it's called. I don't know how you pronounce it. And I'm like, so why are we taking it if we don't have a full understanding? So usually the answer really is just testosterone. If somebody is interested in maintaining sperm production, then there's other things they can take, HCG being one of them. But that's a conversation they should be having with their provider. So if they're very quick to sell you on these things and prescribe you testosterone, all that stuff, huge red flag. Um, If they give you an estrogen blocker, which is also part of the starter pack, I would run far away. So men need estrogen. This is a very hot topic in the, the TRT world. All the practitioners in my network, the Silverback Network, do not advocate for the use of estrogen blockers. So the easiest way and the shortest way for me to explain it is this. If you think about women who go through menopause, when women are in menopause, what happens? They're very prone to osteoporosis. Mm -hmm. They gain belly fat. They become insulin resistant. Why? Because they lose estrogen. 
the same thing will happen to men who block and suppress estrogen. And if you have seen the DEXA scans of guys who have taken these medications for years, they have osteoporosis or they have osteopenia. They gain belly fat. They lo- You literally can feel in your joints, your joints will dry out because you don't have the estrogen to lubricate them. Good luck maintaining your boner because that can go bye-bye if Uh-oh. you suppress your estrogen. Yeah, and it's cardioprotective, it's neuroprotective, just like testosterone. And a big benefit of going on testosterone is because it converts to estrogen. Because if you have low testosterone, you likely have low estrogen as well. Mm. Even though they may be you know, shifted where the, the testosterone might be lower than the estrogen, probably still on the low side overall. So if they're trying to block that because they believe in the bodybuilding bro aspect that estrogen is bad, please run far away. I've seen way too many men where they've been hurt by long-term use of these medications. The doctors cannot explain physiologically why you actually need it and they can't understand why you don't need it. If I can explain this to somebody and I have practitioners that can explain it to somebody, then obviously there's a reason why they go about what they do. So all the physicians and the providers at Merrick Health are in are in the Silverback Network. The other providers that I've worked with, nobody uses these because they know the detriments to men. And most guys feel better when they're not blocking estrogen. But a lot of guys don't know enough to talk about this if they're mm-hmm. going into some random clinic. So you want to do your research. Like you want to know what you're getting yourself into because Hormone optimization is not to be fucked with. Like you really want to feel better and be on a protocol that works for you. Because like you said, if they put you on the starter pack, you may feel awful and be like, yeah, I tried TRT. It just, it, it, it was not for me. Like I got really bad side effects and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh man, because they probably had a shitty protocol. Yeah. I would say 99% of the guys that don't feel great on TRT have bad protocols. That's such a great point. And I mean, I'll say that you definitely not to be fucked with, right? I mean, like, and I think sometimes it's very non because of the way that things have been lately and what you mentioned that kind of was the Wild West. It's very nonchalant. Like, here, you know, here's your stuff. It's the moment that you said, like, run when somebody prescribes estrogen blockers. I saw that meme of, like, you know, the Batman and Robin where he's like, he gets slapped and it's like, here's your estrogen block, you know, just slap. Yeah, I think yeah. uh, you can do that, by the way. Just don't say that I said that. Uh, you know, legal issues. <laughs> Uh, do, hey, do you ha- do you still have a uh, testosterone school? Uh, yeah. Oh, cool. Okay, so we'll put that by the way, guys, because uh, I've gone through it and it's like phenomenal. So when when Ali's talking about you know do the research, educate yourself. Um, that's one testosterone school is great, great course that Ali has. We'll put the we'll put it in the show notes. Uh, we'll put the link in the show notes. But in general, obviously, following her is a good idea. Um, and she's also connected to like just the top doctors. And um, I wanted to actually bring up because you mentioned it. Silverback Summit has not happened yet. Uh, the online one either, correct? So the, the virtual one was last weekend. Oh, it was. Okay. Or no, the the first weekend in May, not this past weekend, the one before that. <laughs> and the physical and the physical one is coming up in? November. November. Okay. So you got time for that. Okay. So we'll, we'll put that in there too, because Ali's network is just, is just fire. Um, and the people in the network are also, like I said, folks that you should follow, whether it's coaches, whether it's the doctors. Um, cause this is what I love. This is what I love about, I say our community, when I say our community, 
is like people like me and you and all our friends that we continue to push and evolve and like connect with. Because anytime we meet, you're like, oh, you should follow this guy. Let me connect you to this guy. Let me, right? Because it's like, this doctor is the top doctor. And I'm boom, you know, I'm following. I'm trying to like learn as much as possible. Um, there's there's very, put it this way. I'm not going to say there's no egos because that's bullshit because ego can be good. We all have egos. Yeah. But we're all open to learning and dropping the ego of like, hey, I know it all. Um, and I, I feel this is very, very important. So I'm, I, anytime, you know, if you're like listening to Ali and you're just like, yo, this chick knows her shit. Yes, 100%. She, she does. She's on top of it. Go follow, like go follow and like listen and then see who she's communicating and connecting with because these are really powerful and good networks. And if you want to filter through the bullshit, this is the best way to do it. You know, is again, like I, if, if she gives me a referral, I'm not going to dive too deep because I trust her so much. It's like, boom, okay, I'm going to go there and learn. So I think this is a very, very important point. I want to share the resources that you have um, and some of the stuff that you shared. Is there any, I, you know what I, I'm always interested in? What are some things that you're excited about learning right now? I don't care. Like there's no uh, boundary to what that is. I'm, I'm just always like, what are you like diving into right now? And it might be a couple of things. So share away, whichever, whichever ones those are. Um, it, it's, it's mostly like a, a lot of where I've had to level up is, tough conversations. So I would say like communication, leadership, because I've hired three staff members this year. And I'm somebody where I want everyone to play nice in the sandbox. And, you know, I don't want anyone to be upset. I'm a Libra. I'm all about the balance, you know? And then as soon as I have to have a hard conversation, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, man. Like, but <laughs> part of being a leader is separating the business and the friendship. And then also letting the person know that, but then communicating effectively to where somebody feels understood, acknowledged, and not necessarily positioning them in a place of weakness. Um, and that has been a skill for me because I've always operated on my own. So to be able to provide the right context for people and to be a good leader, I think is one of the things that I'm going to forever learn. But I enjoy learning about because I'm also making a lot of mistakes, which are part of the learning process. And it's always an up and down. And it's not, you know, farting rainbow unicorns. Like it, it's hard being a business owner, but I love what I do so much. And I love working with so many men and seeing how they change and how their their ability to open up about some of these topics literally becomes a lot easier based on the conversations that you and I are having and, and other people in the space that makes it all worth it in the end. So, yeah. And I, I mean, I, I would say that's definitely a forever growth thing. The leadership part, like there's been times where I'm like, Oh man, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm so good at, and then it's like, where, where, where I gotta get better. Yeah. I gotta get better. I'm not good enough at this. I gotta improve. I gotta, you know, and that's, I mean, that's the cool thing about it. I will say this though. You certainly need to um, continue to do this. And I love that you're expanding your team because this is a, I think, a huge, huge, um, there's, a, there's a huge hole in this space for good people to help other men. And, and so, you know, there's, I don't think there's ever going to be enough of that. So I'm going to challenge you and push you as a friend to <laughs> continue to get more stuff out because because you do great work. Um, and I know that all your coaching clients are very, very happy that they met wow. you and that they hired you. So uh, with that said, where can they find out more about 
Uh, what are the main kind of main places to find out more about you so that we can lead people to your greatness? Come slide in the DMs at Instagram at <laughs> the Allie Gilbert and Luca knows like there's nothing that's TMI in my world. I mean, literally. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Allie is the honestly is like uh, it. She makes things very. Uh, when I say when I say uh, lighthearted, I mean that in the best of ways, so that these conversations actually are come to the surface, and then you can have some real like real talk about stuff. Um, and yes, nothing is off the table. <laughs> it's really not. I mean, literally, we can have an open conversation about like the delayed or premature ejaculation. I mean, literally anything. This I mean, her like, damn presentation was biceps and boners. Like, I mean, that's that's where, you know, <laughs> that's how you know. That's how you know. It's, it's there or com. That's where you'll find all the information about the event. Um, it's going to be awesome. I'm actually opening it up to women this year as well. Hell Last yeah. year, it was a men's only event, but there have been so many events that I've spoken at that are like 80% female that literally have taken a, a big interest in understanding the men's health stuff. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do everybody a disservice if I just keep it uh, guys only. So, yeah, I, I agree with it too. And I, I think a lot of times, um, you know, you're so good at this that there's, there is this kind of like idea of, well, guys helping guys, but I'm like, why? Yeah. <laughs> like that makes why? So I I I would say follow, learn, um, make sure you go check those out. By the way, if you love this, I mean, I, I loved I love having this conversation with you. Um, always learning too. But if you loved it, please share it because I think there's so many people need that need to hear this and they're gonna get a lot out of this. Um, if you loved it, write a review. I mean, the best again for me, the most important part of this is that we spread the message. We get people to get triggered in positive ways, get educated and take action. Like that's the most important part. Ali, thank you. You've been the best. Guys, we'll see you in the next episode. And love you, peace. Man. Love you right back. About to turn it on.